I'm a big fan of shonen. I'm also a big fan of just action in general, whether it be live action or animated. And I always found when watching the best of the best shonen action situations where people are solving things with their fists or feet or what have you, the common thread between all of them is the notion of finding the game in mm -hmm. a fight. Obviously, it becomes much more complicated once you bring in things like hockey and other mystical uh, elements, but the game in each fight is what, to me, keeps it interesting. It's why you can have four fight scenes in a movie and not have it feel trite or repetitive. You're listening to The Mana Podcast from Netflix. I'm your host, Matt Owens. I'm a screenwriter, co-show runner of the upcoming live-action adaptation of One Piece from Netflix, and, most importantly, a lifelong anime fan. The Mana Podcast stands for Manga, Anime, Netflix Adaptation, and it's an opportunity for us to talk about our love of all things manga and anime. So I've invited some of my closest friends to chat. We're going to keep this fun and casual, and we're really glad that you've decided to join us. This is the Mana Podcast. And there will be spoilers, so check the podcast description for that list. Today in the studio, a very special guest. A good friend of mine, a fellow Blurred. Mason Blurred. blurred. That's what's up. That's, that's right. That's, that's, the, that's right. the moniker. That's me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Mason Gooding. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Oh, stop the applause. It's so sweet. I don't need any of that. I Mason, why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Of course. Uh, my name is Mason Gooding, honed through the years of fire and flame of high school bullying for being the biggest. I think blurred is a great word that I'll probably adopt, but moreover than that, um, I'm just like a lover of so many different things. I think anime and manga maybe being the most passionate of my obsessions and loves, but listen, man, I love Marvel. I love DC. If it's hand-drawn, I'm probably a fan of it. So I'm so grateful for you having me and getting to talk about something I love. Absolutely. So, you know, when we talk about what are some of the series and things that first brought you into mm. this genre, a lot of us came from Toonami. <sighs> but so Absolutely. I want to know for you, other than Toonami, Give me some titles. Like, what were you searching through Barnes & Noble and Media Play and all of that? Like, what were some of the early non-Toonami series that you got into? Well, you have to understand, a lot of what I began watching were things that my older brother would kind of expose me to. I think Toonami is the obvious one. More often than that, I, th <laughs> I think the four kids dub of a lot of shows I now have gone back retroactively and re-educated myself on. For those that don't know, Four Kids was a segment of cartoons on Saturdays, I think, on yes. Disney, Disney, maybe? And they had a lot of shows that would normally be on Toonami edited for a more family-friendly basis, and things like Sanji smoking cigarettes are not going to fly, so I consumed the media in the most kid-friendly way possible, thinking that that was just the way one would watch those shows. So I would say One Piece was a big one starting out. I think the obvious answer, I was a big Pokemon fan. Games first. Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. Yep, that was for kids. I was a, which only recently did I realize the origin of Yu-Gi-Oh! and how different it is from my perception of like finding it in the beginning and that it was actually about... Yami as like a games master, not just cards. You're nodding your head because Matt, no, you you can't see him, but Matt is 
clearly flexing his uh, vast knowledge of things that I'm only just becoming privy to. But Yu-Gi-Oh! definitely ignited the the anime-isms that I think Pokemon kind of shied away from mm-hmm. a little bit. I think Pokemon allowed itself to fall into a more, you know, broad spectrum of, like, what anime was at the time, whereas Yu-Gi-Oh! had the spiky hair, the buxom heroines, the maybe potentially unnecessary yelling at things that probably wouldn't elicit much vocal stress. But beyond that, I think it just slowly evolved from there. I read Naruto. This is super long-winded. I'm so sorry, but I do have a long... That's what we're here for, buddy. I would hope so, because I've got a lot to say, but I would go to the library by my elementary school, and every so often they would cycle out volumes of Naruto, uh, which if you don't know, the manga of Naruto is exceptional. And I think the anime is great, but what I think the manga for me as a kid did, especially because I was reading them out of order, it's a library, you make do with what you got, that the expositional scenes and his discussion of trying to sway his villains that gets a lot of uh, criticism in the anime. The talk no jutsu. The talk no jutsu, the famous talk no jutsu, is maybe to me more palatable when read because I feel like the thesis statement of Naruto saying, like, your friends are your power and, you know, community is much more palatable over the course of separate paragraphs rather than a monologue of, you know— emotional-fueled anecdotes about the aforementioned friendship and uh, uh, believing it in oneself and whatnot. Well, speaking of talk no jutsu, that mm-hmm. brings us to the theme of today's episode, Please. which is supernatural forces, power sets. Power sets, battle, baby. Friendships, Nakama, dude. That's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about uh, boys boys loving their boys and, and girls and Sometimes furry creatures that also have anthropomorphic uh, tendencies. That's that's what we're here to talk about. And I can't wait. So when, when we talk about power sets and supernatural force, like, what do you think is the best constructed? I already know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> what do you think is the best constructed power set or supernatural force in an anime or manga? For argument's sake, I will say the Nen system and Hunter Hunter is, to me, the most... I'll say versatile as well as compelling power system. Explain yourself. I think specifically in the way that Togashi set up, that's the mangaka, Togashi, uh, set up the power system president, Hunter Hunter, while also being, in my mind, concise enough that you'll always understand the basis for any future retcons. I think it remains to me the most consistent and easy to follow in terms of the changes that do inevitably come up. It started out as just (laughs) a bunch of friends kind of experiencing trials and tribulations by way of how they, you know, encountered the rest of the world around them and bringing that into confrontations to solve their problems the best way that they know how. Which to me, even in that first sentiment, was incredibly resonant with me and who I was as a kid. I just appreciated that these characters were using who they are, which may be in direct opposition to the people that they're interacting with, but that that character trait and those characteristics were what propelling them, what were propelling them through adversities and issues that they had in the long run. I'm with you there. I, I, I too, 
gravitate towards simplicity. Oh, good. Because I think within simplicity, it allows for the mangaka to have an opportunity to express creativity. Like, for example, My Hero Academia. Quirk is a very easy concept to understand. Right. But there's no real rule set to how the powers work. It's whatever. There are discussions about, like, human evolution and things like that within it. But it's just people have quirks, and quirks are kind of whatever— you know, Horikoshi comes up with. But I would draw a very clear distinction between something like a quirk or uh, like a... It's a more a power set that you have to specifically engage with. So another one that I would give then is, which I think is better than the Nen system, is the Jutsu system in Naruto. See, it's also sure. very simple. There are three types, and that's where everything kind of fits into those categories. And how people use them comes down to bloodlines or creativity or specialization. And that's right. a really, I think that's a very simple and yet cool and kind of complex at the same time power set. See, and what I think Hunter Hunter takes the notions kind of brought about by something like a Naruto, although Hunter Hunter definitely came up first and precedes it. But Naruto, which has the types of jutsu, you have taijutsu, ninjutsu, and genjutsu, and it allows from there further tampering and mixing and matching to sort of, I guess, in the long run, produce a statement about character. But unlike Hunter Hunter... Something like a Naruto, I don't know if the jutsu element of it incites much about who the character is. The way that something like, and now I will get into Nen, and the Nen system, as it were, is rooted, to the credit of Tagashi, in character first and plot element second. Something like Gon's Jaja Ken which is basically like a really tricky, violent form of rock, paper, scissors speaks more to Gon's playful nature and whimsicality that manifests itself as a lethal means of fighting or navigating altercations. I'm not going to say one's better because I don't need people tweeting me to death about how frustrated they are at me because I'm a fan of all of the series we've mentioned so far. But I will say, to me, Tagashi's willingness to wipe the slate clean and try something new with his power system to me, is commendable and furthers a conversation in every battle about how that power system kind of plays culturally rather than just in this fight specifically, which bless Naruto. But I can't tell you one time fireball jutsu was used to any great effect other than maybe to get someone to move from point A to point B to avoid it. It's an interesting point, though. And, you know, one, I think, in this line of thinking, I think One Piece is actually a really interesting series to talk about because— while the power set in One Piece is devil fruits, mm-hmm. only one of every kind, you eat it, you gain a different ability. There are certain characters who have characteristics that apply to their devil fruit. Right. Blackbeard is an agent of chaos and destruction, and so having the darkness fruit, that makes a lot of sense. But what I find more interesting in that world is characters who don't have devil fruits and how their fighting styles come about, like what you're saying, strictly from character. Mm-hmm. Zoro fights with three swords because he could never beat his childhood friend with just two. Yeah, right. And so this is this is what he came up with. It was actually Sanji who is one of the things that made me first fall in love with One Piece. The concept of a cook who's a phenomenal martial artist, mm. but he only fights with his legs because if he damages his hands, he can't cook. That's right. all character. And I thought that was the coolest 
thing. And it's something that is consistent. And so I think there's even better examples of that character-focused style of fighting in the One Piece characters that don't have devil fruit powers. Right. Because that's—it's actually something I wanted to bring up, so that's a great segue— I'm a big fan of Shonen. I'm also a big fan of just action in general, whether it be live action or animated. And I always found when watching the best of the best Shonen action situations where people are solving things with their fists or feet or what have you, the common thread between all of them is the notion of finding the game in mm-hmm. a fight. And if you don't know what that term is, it's because I just made it up just now, is that when we enter a fight— It could go as simply as I'm stronger than you and faster than you, although that's not true. You can't see it, but Matt is bulging out of his shirt with his rippling muscles, and he's very strong. But in the fake world where I'm stronger than him, my strength could lead me to victory in a fight. When I talk about finding the game, it's something like Sanji's complete resilience to using his hands specifically to, you know, uh, keep them safe for cooking purposes. So a fight has to be one— in the time it takes him to finish it with simply using his feet. Obviously, it becomes much more complicated once you bring in things like hockey and other mystical uh, elements, but the game in each fight is what, to me, keeps it interesting. It's why you can have four fight scenes in a movie and not have it feel trite or repetitive. I think that's something a lot of superhero movies are kind of dealing with now. I think what I love about Hunter Hunter is the same thing I love about series and shows that feel as if they came before me, often because they did, which ultimately means a lot of times I walk backwards into culture and media. Like, I'll watch Hunter Hunter, and I'll take certain anecdotes at face value, like characters are, you know, transforming, and it's actually a negative effect on their well-being. And I'll take that as, oh, that's clearly just the world we live in. It's a bleak world where there's a cost to everything. But Tagashi, as a deconstructive work of art, is taking the tropes that came before. In this case, it's like the legendary warrior, I guess you could say, a Super Saiyan, and taking what we know to be true and kind of turning it on its head in specifically in like Gon's transformation into an adult. Mm -hmm. And I think, at least for our generation, that relationship to anime is only becoming more interesting as new works of anime start to come out and our peers and contemporaries start making anime themselves from a place of being fans. And I think that's, A, exciting because we get to see an evolution of an art form and a medium. We also get to see new interpretations. I mean, you're doing a live-action adaptation of not only the most popular anime and manga series known to man, but it'll have an air of your take and interpretation of not only characters and their characterizations as they exist on the page, but also as they exist in your mind, especially in relation to other manga and anime and adaptations coming out. And to me, nothing is more exciting to hear your take and interpretation on characters like Zoro and Sanji and the way that they fight and interact with other characters, because it reminds me that First of all, anime is such a fast-growing community, but we also are passionate about the same things. And the things that I can see draw excitement out of you about the anime are the same things that excite me. So at the end of the day, it's like, we'll keep getting new anime that is incited and perpetuated by anime that came before it. And I'm always so excited to see how what came before influences what is yet to come. Because it's changing every day, and it's getting more exciting and more interesting as we go. 
And we see that a lot nowadays, right? With some of the more popular series right now, a lot of people like to make comparisons, not necessarily negatively, but to show, oh, people like Kohei Horikoshi and Tatsuki Fujimoto, like you can see the influences in not just anime and manga that came before them, but even Western right. media that came before, you know, uh, Fujimoto is a massive fan of cult, violent movie, you know, and you can Tarantino tell. movies. Yes, and <laughs> you even like, tell. you know, when you watch the opening and there are, there are references to Pulp yeah. Fiction, Big Lebowski and all of these series and Horikoshi takes a lot of inspiration from Star Wars. Mm. A lot of his cities and prefectures are named after places in the Star Wars universe and I mean, no All for One way. is a very clear Darth Vader inspired character. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. With the mask and everything. Right, yeah. right, right, right. But what's interesting is that they're taking those things then and applying them back through an Eastern anime and manga lens. Uh, all right, let's get into some hot takes. Let's I mean, you've already, had, you've already had some. All right, so is, is, is Nen your favorite power set in anime and manga? I'd say Nen is my favorite tied only with the stand system of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay, I'll give they're, you that one. Yeah, man, come on. Nice. All right, I'm going to give you a couple. Let's do some rapid fire who would win rounds. This is the toughest part of the anime community is people always want to talk about who would win. <laughs> Look, I'm not a power. Hey. If you've ever engaged in a power scaling conversation with a One Piece fan, it's the worst it's conversation battle. you That's will okay. <laughs> ever get into, which is exactly why I'm going to subject you to that right That's now. That's fine. You make the most. Well, before I do, just so that I have a little bit of a, mm -hmm. who do you think is the strongest shonen protagonist. Can I take Goku off the table? Because it's Goku. I agree. It is Goku. So let, let's take him off the table then. Let's I'll, take him off yeah, the table. I'll take him off the table and then... Because I think we got to talk end game. Like wherever the end game for a current series that a character exists in, that's what we're going with. Okay. Because objectively speaking, that is Goku. I still agree. Because yep. by the nature of the way that story is, yes. uh, s close second, I would have to say, I, I want to say Naruto because of his relationship with Kurama and how that's sort of manifested, but I guess he technically doesn't have. Anyway, no spoilers. <laughs> his powers are a little different now in Boruto. Let's, uh, in Boruto. Yeah, say, okay, at the end of that. Naruto... <laughs> Which is the show I know. Yes. End of Naruto, Naruto. Yeah. I might be inclined to agree with you. I'll take that. I know One I'll Piece fans will come after me because Luffy's had some insane power oh, he's up there. in the last but year or two. It's but in relativity to like the world they inhabit. Very true. And Naruto could probably blow up planet up if he felt so inclined. Not that Luffy couldn't probably find a way to do so, but I'm talking about brass tacks, what I've seen. And I, I, I have to probably hand it, hand it over to my boy, Naruto. You heard it here first. Mason Gooding believes that Naruto could be Luffy. Great. See you on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> you know, one that people really talk about, because I think these two series came out around the same time, and they both had the opportunity to be the next Big one mm -hmm. after the big three. Who wins, Deku or Asta? Deku or Asta? Um, I'm gonna remain positive. I'm not gonna say any. Oh well, this is hot takes, isn't it? This is hot takes. Um, Deku, easy, but not because of any shortcoming that Asta may have. I feel like Deku's willpower and strength in character outweighs Asta, which I'm not caught up in Black Clover. So I will admit I don't actually know the full limitations of Asta's abilities, but 
I do know Deku's, and I do know he's not short of any physical capability, nor is he uh, any mystical ones, but I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable with my Deku answer, especially because he doesn't use magic, so Asta's negating of magic does not really apply. Good point. So you're kind of just swinging heavy swords around at a dude that can fly and increase velocity at a disgustingly high rate, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, of the two big newcomers, who wins? Yuji from Jujutsu Kaisen or Denji from Chainsaw Man? Denji from Chainsaw Man. But, who oh, do I like Yuji? Can Denji more? beat Sukuna? No, no. I like that about Yuji, though. I like that he's out of his depth at every turn. Because if you look back at what we've seen and what we've read, he's scraping victories from nothing and I, I'm always sick. I read manga, and I always feel so bad talking about it because I know not everyone does, although they should. Um, but the only time Deku has definitively won, he didn't even get to win. He was about to. And then through outside intervention, the fight came to a conclusion, Yuji being the default winner. But I, I just, I just, I, I have to, Denji's, especially when we leave him in part one, virtually unkillable and also just like a bad mother trucker. Look, I love I love Yuji. I think he's a well, really look, fun character. I think he's one of the drippiest characters in manga right If you called your hair right pink, now. you'd have his hairstyle. I do kind of have, I do and have. And that's what's sad. It looks good on you too. You can't see him, but uh, don't worry. We'll upload photos to Twitter of Matt oh, dressed as Yuji. But That'd the other thing, here's the hot, low key, Yuji is barely the main character of Jujutsu Kaisen. That's what I love about it, though. That's why I he love that. That series is about the three fans. It has become so much more about Maki and Megumi and Gojo, even though he hasn't appeared in years. It's been over, yeah, it's uh, it been like a year and a half or something. There's, is it a Twitter account? Someone has a tracker, and it's been like over a thousand days oh, or something you know, like when that. He go, when he comes Gojo. back, he's going to be mad. It's, it's hard because you can't introduce that powerful of a character and just let him be around all the but time. We want to talk about power dynamics and like narr- how that functions narratively. Take someone like a Gojo, take someone like the de facto strongest and remove them from the table. That's nuts. That's where the real drama and, uh, you know, dramatic situations can stem from. I didn't necessarily see it coming when I was reading it, although it gave a great show of like what his abilities are while he's there. You remove him and now we're however many chapters passed and all hell has broken loose. But, uh, I, I, lo- I love the device of having him and someone of his power level, a Goku, so to speak, in a room full of gone freaks is just incredibly compelling to me because eventually you're going to have to get rid of them or eventually they're going to go away because we need stories to be interesting in that respect. And I've loved what came out of that, at least so far. I don't really see that changing, though. No. Well, all right. So, much like Goku, let's take let's take Gojo off the table mm. for a second. Yeah. Who's the best teacher character in Shonen? The best teacher. It wouldn't. It, first of all, it wouldn't be Gojo's. I, I love him, but 
He's horrible. <laughs> but they, those kids are Look, put most of the them are bad teachers. Mo- most of them are bad teachers. <laughs> and it's one-to-one with bad fathers in anime. It's great. A lot of really good, strong male representation in the medium. Um, oh, or uh, Bisky. Bro, come I on. I love Bisky. Come on. Ugh, did that, did you saying, believe me? You're just saying Hunter <laughs> Hunter shit just to say it. I know I'm that you do not believe no, Biscuit is the best I love teacher character. Biscuit, I do, but not as the Even best just looking teacher. at Togashi's work, you're going to look me in the eyes and tell me that Biscuit is a better teacher character than Genkai from Yu Hakusho? No, I'm not going to say that. I but know I would have said it if you hadn't called me out on it. It sucks because I have to go with Kakashi because he has. You don't have to. No, I do, because him and his fight with Obito is maybe the reason I got into a boxing gym and started. Is that, I mean, talk about character and ideal juxtaposition, like the two of them clashing in the Sharingan universe. Oh, my God. Thank God I have a girlfriend. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. Um She's stuck with me. Anytime I'm ever dating someone and I accidentally go on like an anime rant, I'm like, please still like me. You think about it. See, but you got to own that. That's part of who you are. And Amina, hi Amina, knows that that's who I am. And you take it in stride and you you love them for it. But um, anyway, the fight is great. (laughs) Yes. uh, The Kakashi and Obito fight is great. I agree. And I think if you want to get into the minutia of Naruto, I think it's plausible and feasible that you could argue that the whole show is about Kakashi's failings as a teacher and how he goes about rectifying that for a younger generation. And I don't think that really comes to a head until you learn his backstory. But when you take in the consideration of his pride and his father's ego death that essentially happened, I won't go into it because you need to read that. It's great. I think his arc as a teacher, not just as a character, is to me the most compelling. No offense to Biscuit. No, you're right. That's what's cool, though. Like, Sasuke was a massive failure from him, but it wasn't his first. He was recreating the mistakes of his friend from his childhood. Like, he failed twice. Twice. And both of those failures have come back to bite him in the ass. Right. And he asked, and how he goes about sort of making amends, not only with the ghosts of his past, but how he still has an opportunity to save Sasuke, even though the biggest left field in anime history is them defeating Kage and all is well and good. And Sasuke's like, well, time to fight to be the Hokage and let's get into it. And, uh, and that's, Hey, it's the anime equivalent of Ted and Robin (laughs) having to be together at the end of how I met your mother. It was just, they had a decision in their mind and they were like, well, Naruto and Sasuke have to fight at the end of the series. That's just what it is. It did have to happen. And I, I cried it through each turn of the anymore, oh, but it didn't. No, because you're right. Narratively speaking, they had made amends, and but so much of that series is about people crying over and trying to save Sasuke. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I love Naruto, but that's just my biggest thing. Because also, I'm not a Sasuke fan. He is not listen, my guy. Matt, when you inevitably leave us to pursue power in the corporate atmosphere, you know I'm going to have to go and get you back, and I'm going to have to fight so many suits. To bring you back to the anime dumb of blurred culture. Ooh, I love this idea. Yeah. No, you don't love it that much. Watch, you're gonna see Netflix original. Yeah, it is. Gone Matt Con. <laughs> He's still wow. I wanna see you fight. I, my wheels are turning. Oh, look at that, guys. And my wheels you are saw turning. The and we have to make it has to be the, an anime. I I met Matt, it's funny. It Matt, an you you're like allergic to bad ideas. If there's one thing I know about Matt, it's that we'll be up late night watching a show, whether we're in a group or not. 
and he'll think of something, discuss it in the most scattered way possible, but convince you through way of narrative structure and compelling ideas that it's a great one 10 times out of 10. I have sent you uh, more than a few late night, possibly drunk voice notes of, I don't know if this is a shitty (laughs) idea or not, but hear me out. They're never bad. They're never bad ideas. You're too kind. I'm too honest is the problem because now you're going to get a big head. Next thing you know, you're going to cast some other actor in that lead role and I'm going to be upset and bitter about it. But that's okay. I would hope not. That's contractually binding. You heard it here first. That is true. This is. That's okay. (laughs) This is is evidence. That's okay. This is evidence. Okay. So now for this question, I'm taking Nen off the table. Take it off. We've taken a lot of things off this table. Goku, gone. Gojo, get out of here. Nen, never heard of it. Nen, good to see it. If you could have powers from any power set in an anime or manga that isn't Nen, I must reiterate. It wouldn't be Nen, though. You it, didn't even have, We can put Nen. Would it not? It wouldn't be Nen. No, I'm not putting it back on the table because this is a trap. I'm going to put Nen back on the table and you're going to oh. snatch it. Oh. <laughs> um, if I could have any power, this is so funny. I think about this all the time. So, like, I wouldn't say one for all because that's like seven different things in one and I don't want to do that. That'd be a good answer. That's how you game the system, though. That's but that's a I, great that sounds, answer. I, I don't like that, though. I All like respect. I like the Lemillions that make greatness from nothing. That excites me. And I, I have to... It would probably be in My Hero Academia because all the other anime that I love are kind of devoid of like power systems in a traditional sense or in that way in like a power way. But have you read Vigilantes? Yeah. You know, I love Vigilante. I don't, I don't know what it's called. I've, the Crawler. Great. I like that. And the way it's escalated into like basically a Kamehameha of like, like it's great. great. Honestly, people, if you do like My Hero Academia or if you don't like My Hero Academia, <laughs> it's, it's read Vigilantes. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful series. How has it not been made into a anime they must be like they i the only thing i can think of is they don't want to cannibalize the mm, brand the f- yet right, 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 they're gonna right, right. wait until my hero is done at like look the manga could be done soon i'm not lipping that it should be i'm just you know lipping over here don't worry about it don't worry um, about it uh and then the anime you know could be soon to follow yeah but i think that will be how they keep the brand alive when the flagship series I mean, it's ends. so lucrative, and it's so good. You say cannibalizing, the it makes it sound as if they'd be reaching or that they'd be trying, but like... No, just in the sense great. of it will be a way, rather than having two series on at the same time, which mm. would be successful, when yeah. one is done, then do another so that the brand continues to be Spoken successful. like a true marketing yes, expert. People, Look at that. Look, it, <laughs> is that. A, it is a business. Yeah. Yeah. It is a business. Really and truly, but I love his Pie the Craw. I love that, but that will be my answer because of its versatility. As long as I work at it, you know, I love going to the gym. I love working out and pushing my limits, breaking through them. I feel like I could take something like that and make it really neat, you know? That's my, what's your, I feel like you have a better one. Is this what you meant by you're like, oh, I'm going to blow it out of proportion in a minute or whatever you said. No, 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 no. I was saying this was a trap on your part because if I allowed you to say Nen, I feel like you would just out of spite. I might have, (laughs) out of spite, maybe that sounds in character. That's your truest power set, Mason. I just, uh, yeah, that's my, yeah, spite. Um, I just don't know if Nen lends itself to the power fantasy, especially as a deconstruction of other power systems. I don't know if any of them are meant to be like, Hey, wouldn't you want this? 
Like, no, I wouldn't want to tase myself and then get electrical abilities. I'm so sorry, but I thank you for the offer. I think a kid version of me would have loved the whole Shaman King shtick of having the ghost aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a minute because I would have loved to have a friend to talk to. I got really sad, but it's true. And then I'd like fight with them side by side. I like to think my dog is my uh, ghostly apparition that fights by my side. Shout out to Iggy. Shout out to Iggy. The dude. great one. Ah, oh, the great Iggy. Anyway. The great one. Um... No, but Nen is great. I just don't know if I would. For me, Pokemon notwithstanding, because that, that oh, will still be my answer. That's, what I'm that's great. Very sick. I don't care. I'm a 35-year-old man, and if I could live in the world of Pokemon, right, I would do it in a heartbeat. Although, like, what if you did make that deal with, like, a genie, and you're like, I want Pokemon, and instead of getting Pokemon, you just got Pokemon abilities? Like, you just could, like, fall asleep, and then use Sleep Talk and, like, hurt people, or, like, use Thunderbolt or Earthquake. Would that be ideal, or are you like... I'd uh, find... I'd, I'd make find, I'd find, like, yes. <laughs> I'd, Matt, I'd make Pikachu. Peace. Okay, I'd make great. peace. Good. So if Pokemon doesn't count, right? I, I referenced it before. It, I think it would be Cardcaptor Sakura because mm. fifty-two different abilities at your disposal and the ability to use them, mix and match them. It's like by the time Sakura gets to the end game of the first series, she can do anything. Mm -hmm. It's one of those power sets that's kind of like limited by your imagination and like yeah. once she really taps into her magical abilities and gets used to it and stuff, I think that's it because I can control elements, I can You're jump, I can so fly, you are, I can you fight. You want the most amount of power at one time. Is Not from a power standpoint though, from a practicality because I'm also assuming. <laughs> You're so be, funny. Be, no, seriously <laughs> Listen, though, man. Seriously what though, what if I'm, I'm lost in the desert and I need to start an engine? And I have to use it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And look I at can, him. Yes, and I can. Mm. I'm thinking, what power said what I want in the real world? It's that one again. She can fly. If I get in a fight, guess what? I can bust out the fight card or the power card, and I'm good to go. See, okay, this is great because this is technically the topic of what we're talking about. Do you not feel as if that neuters a lot of the dramatic tension of any fight scene if your potential for options in a fight, and this could, I guess, go beyond anime, is limitless. If you can do anything... When I'm watching or reading, I feel myself going, why don't you just do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Why isn't? But when I see someone with a very limited set of skills stretch and push their limits to a point where they're now thinking on their feet using a, a, a great example, bungee gum has both the properties of bungee and gum. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> it's man's out here yo, selling man's out here hawking bungee you're gum you're damn right but you think about it and the the lengths that show and manga go to to add versatility to what is a very specific set of skills to me becomes inherently compelling and incredibly exciting to read because it's just how does this become I mean I'll use vague concepts but uh you've got a mace may uh, an impromptu mace used by someone's head and bungee gum and a finger to me that's nuts but if you knew that they could oh my ability is I can turn the air off and you will suffocate. And I also can fly. I'm like, okay, well then do all of that and just run the world. Well, sure. There's a difference between what I want in my media and what I want in real life. I just Fair want to enough. be an all-powerful magical girl, That's Mason. Right. I would say you are the closest thing to that that I've known. Thank you. So, 
But yeah, in in media, you have to have limitations. And that kind of goes back to differences between Eastern and Western power sets mm. is a lot of times, I think Dragon Ball Z notwithstanding, that is the greatest uh, definition of power creep that I think we have in anime and manga. But there are a lot of limitations to power sets and what people can do in certain series that I don't think necessarily exist in Western media. Because if you, especially if you look at where the MCU is now, mm-hmm. people are like, well, why didn't Doctor Strange just use an all-powerful spell? Like, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he call in the other event? Like, there aren't the same limitations, it feels like, that are purposefully put in place to help answer the questions of, well, right. why can't this all-powerful person just do an all-powerful thing? Right, 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 right. And that, it's so funny, because... First of all, that leads to Twitter's best moments of, like, debunking movies based on, like, what was that thing that gained all that traction on Twitter about Ant-Man crawling up Thanos' butt? And and then just growing large and <laughs> killing Thanos from inside. Large? And you're like, technically, according technically, to the rules, that could work. Uh, but at the same time, I, 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 I don't, <laughs> I'm not about to justify that as a means by which to end the could you imagine the world's most winningest and successful IP ending in anal evisceration? Um, I do think specifically for you recover from that. I, I have no idea. I'm going to try though. I like uh, in a lot of Eastern properties the rule set and power set as we established becomes set from a very early point, or at least at some point in general. And it doesn't necessarily progress beyond that without very specific moments of growth being conveyed to the reader. I look at something like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'll use Stone Ocean because that's the most recent anime chapter or season show series. In Jotaro, Kujo gained the ability to stop time for a prolonged amount of minutes, maybe, probably seconds, and still is bested by a, I don't remember if the season's finished, so I won't spoil anything, but a number of adversaries to a point where he's rendered out of the fight for a large portion of episodes, if not the entire rest of the season, despite having this altruistic intent and all-encompassing power of stopping time. You take something like Doctor Strange, who does have a lot of capabilities of, like, world-ending proportion, and I think what I love about Marvel and in a lot of ways DC is what stops them from doing those things is almost always morals and, like, what's right. And I I could do this, but it's better if I don't because I can solve it with... I guess that was the big thing in uh, No Way Home, right, was Doctor Strange finally was like, no, I got to do this. And Spider-Man was like, no, but I can do this a better way. Great character writing. <laughs> um, but I don't know if I, I, I'm hard pressed to think of I mean can you think of an anime where they're like where the protagonist is like I won't kill I don't know if that's ever what, been like a bunch of them are you kidding that's no, like part but, of the cornerstone of My Hero Academia that's like the big thing that they're even reckoning with in the war arc now it's like man if heroes would just kill horrible yes. villains we would not be in the places right. where we are right but, now and this could just be my ignorance, is that as core a statement made by the author in the way that it is? And DC, and maybe Marvel too, when they were making the initial comic books, there was a rule in the, like, I don't know what the, like, the MSRB of that time was, but they were like, superheroes can't kill. 
if someone does something wrong, it has to be rectified by the end of the issue. So Batman's like no killing rule comes from a general rule that comic book characters aren't allowed to kill. If you guys didn't know. Um, so that's that's why it feels to me black and white. Batman doesn't kill and should never, unless you have like very extenuating circumstances in his latter years. But something like a My Hero Academia, you have examples where characters are actually killing for the greater good and it ends up biting them in the butt. It has it has happened. I think especially yeah. early on, it was something that was very clearly stated from some of like the teachers and the pro heroes right. and stuff. Is this is a thing that separates us from them. We have seen examples, which I agree with, mm-hmm. where that has changed. Mm-hmm. Hawks yeah. killing, this isn't spoilers now because it happened in the anime. Oh, yeah. yeah Hawks that. killing twice was a good thing. Wow. You think? Yes. Twice's ability, and especially after. Is a problem. He, it's not a. No, Awakening is one piece. But when he gained the ability to just multiply himself to near infinity, that's uh Yeah, we're gonna take bad. that off the table. We gotta that, say- <laughs> Yeah, we gotta get Twice rid of this. Twice is off guy. the table. Yeah. We gotta get rid of this guy. So there are there are examples where I understand the mm. moral I don't want to call it grandstanding necessarily. Sure. Sometimes it feels like yeah, it. Yeah, it could be. But the this is what separates us from them. Right. I understand that argument to an extent. Right. Without spoiling anything, have you read the manga? Are you caught up? Oh, yeah. And you still think, okay, I'm just curious. Yeah. No, that's great, man. (laughs) That's great for you. We just wouldn't be on the same superhero team. That's fine. That's okay. That's that's all right. I actually would miss you. I would not want to be on a superhero team without Matt. You can be my sidekick. Uh, uh, All right. What's your next question? (laughs) I I, I felt like an affront on my being. So, Mason, Mm. tell me... And our audience, what are you watching and reading right now that's got you most excited? Any genre, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm reading Vagabond because uh, some generous individual soul is selling the entire series on eBay. And I bought it and it sat on my counter for months. And then I was like, on a whim, I was I collect manga, by the way. I collect Taikabon. I have... Uh, Hundreds of those. You should see this man's bookshelves. It's uh, almost depressing for my accountant. Um, But uh, I've been reading that and been hooked. I got a tattoo to commemorate it because it really moved me. Which, if you don't know, I have a bunch of anime tattoos. And uh, it's so funny being online and like reading Twitter and people being like, what is that from? And the disappointment that they feel when I'm like, it's from this anime. At this point, this character does this. But it's also... Really nice to see people that get it and they get excited to see that level of fandom in, you know, in someone they haven't met or someone they don't know. But uh, what am I watching? I like to say a little bit of everything. Uh, Willow on Disney Plus uh, is great. It's a really good actor named Tony Revolori on that. He's great. Never heard of him. Um, that's so funny. You should. He's great. You'd love him. Um, no, I do. That's not even a good joke. I love that man dearly. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, aside from uh, the newest season of Grey's Anatomy, what else am I watching? Um, I love you, Eddie. Uh, I mean, Spy Family, I've been behind on, and I'm catching up on that. I also, I hadn't watched Daredevil and the other pre-MCU television shows. I actually got into those. And those are great. That might be my, the Daredevil fight scene, and I know stunt guys, I've talked to stunt guys that are like, oh, I hate when people bring that up because it's such a specific, the Daredevil hallway fight scene is maybe the pinnacle of action storytelling in television. 
I haven't watched enough movies to really speak on that, but I think, well, I, that's, that's my answer, by the way. I didn't, but kind of in the context of what we're talking about, power scaling and fighting and power systems, the fact that Daredevil has nothing aside from his determination to kick ass and he's fighting in a, in a hallway and getting tired while doing so and you watch it as it progresses. First of all, Huge round of applause to Charlie Cox. That's the name. Charlie, yeah, he's a he's a great dude. I'm he a was, ma- he seems it. He you is. know, like I feel like I've never nice met him, and he feels like he would like lend me his jacket. He would. I he were, absolutely I, would. I knew it. All right, Charlie, you're good in my book, and I don't even know you. Love you, but um, beyond that, Shonen Jump is pretty. I have the app now. It's like a dollar a month or something. I know we were just talking. You're going to get into Blue Box now. Going to get into Blue Box, absolutely. I, I, I feel excited like, for that. I feel like the real answer is whatever I'm told to watch, I will make a point of watching specifically because I have been starved for friends and camaraderie built around anime for the majority of my life. I think that's why I connect with something like Hunter Hunter is – look at that. I'm going to find a way to put that in everywhere – I've noticed in being failed by so many different uh, parental figures uh, in my life. I'm kidding, Dad. I love you. I love you too, Mom. Um, that I found kinship in a found family that I can sort of rely upon and draw strength from. And I think anime was always this piece of me that I was told is so niche and specific that I wouldn't sort of find community in that. And it wasn't until even meeting yourself and Tony and Emily and Addie that I realized that there is so much love and commonality in not only anime in general, but a mutual struggle to like make friends through it. And I'm immensely grateful for it in that respect. I I'll always, I'll always, people originally were like, are you ever going to grow out of, you ever get that? Are you going to grow out of anime? Are you going to used to get that? Yeah. And it's like, um, I haven't, and I don't feel it slowing down anytime soon. Nope. So I'll just keep pushing forward and enjoy what I enjoy. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep buying my anime streetwear collabs. And then at some point when I have kids, I'm going to start watching it with them. There you go. Force it on them. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so curious to see what anime will look like for our children. If it'll just be as Marvel movies are like continuations of stories like boruto part three goruto like if or if it'll just be ubiquitous with culture and they'll have their own big three or something so i don't know i am excited though me too for our kids our kids that we have right now well mason thank you so much for joining me it was Uh, an awesome conversation retroactively so fulfilling and satiating for me creatively and uh emotionally so thank you for having me seriously thank you guys this is been the best this is what it's all about this this was a great episode uh and i learned what a blurred is dude that's, i can't believe you never heard that term before i never i feel like you've maybe said it and i've been like oh, that's unique and it's just came back in full force and i love it it's yeah. great i'm gonna start calling all my friends blurreds you should that's us only the black ones though you know what only the now. black that's right that's right <laughs> thank you thank you to my amazing guest mason gooding <laughs> you can follow them on instagram at at Mason the Gooding. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app and please leave a rating and review. But as always, only a positive one. 
I will cry. I will cry. That's right. <laughs> I, uh, my name is Matt Owens. This has been the Mana Podcast. Thank you so much for joining and listening. <laughs>